Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 779, January 27th, 2022. 47 degrees was the record high on this day. That happened in 1934, and it was 23 below on this day in 1950. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. I have some additional questions about canceling the mining leases up near the Boundary Waters. Well, I'm your guy. Ask me away. Ask anything. I'm going to get to it for in a moment, but first we're going to be joined by Tom Hauser, 5 Eyewitness News Chief Political Correspondent. Is Tom there? Hi, Tom. Hello, Joe. How are you? What were you doing last night? I was moderating a debate between the six GOP candidates for governor. Who won? I don't... Well, there was a straw poll afterwards of the... 200 or so people who were there, and Mike Murphy, the Lexington mayor, won. I'll be damned. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you, he is an interesting candidate, yeah. uh, clearly the most plain-spoken of all of the candidates, and certainly knows how to get a rise out of a crowd, and he's he's fun to listen to. Um, so it was, I guess it didn't totally surprise me, but, you know, in these straw polls, mean little or nothing other than in the moment but uh yeah mike murphy a lot of people totally discounted him you know lexington mayor a very small town in anoka county and uh he you know he has a grasp of the issues and he he certainly knows how to play to his base would it surprise you if walls doesn't win Uh, no uh given the fact that it's just fact based on on history that midterm elections in the first term of a new president uh, are historically bad for the party of that president in this case joe biden and the democrats Mm -hmm. uh, are facing remarkable headwinds to the point where it could significantly impact governor walls although i will say our Survey USA uh, approval ratings for him have consistently had him over 50%. And in his, in our hypothetical head to heads against the then five candidates uh, about a month and a half ago, he had a sizable lead over all of them. But again, those can be misleading because you're putting him up against five different people. If it comes down, you know, eventually to just one candidate against another, uh, and it gets closer to the election, uh, that can change a lot. But for uh, for what is likely to be a tough year for Democrats, he's as well-positioned as you can be, but it will depend upon which candidate emerges as his challenger. I can't expect you to comment on this because uh, your success is uh, founded on your miraculous ability to keep your politics to yourself but I, I think within the last six, seven, eight days, we've seen we've seen the Walls, who has always wanted to be governor, he's even said, I'd never intended to become a public health expert, to which I would reply, well, you haven't become one. 
And two, uh, <laughs> he's just dying to spend that surplus money on more education, almost uh, to the point of creating a supplemental budget. And people have got to open their eyes to this, because if you throw $5.1 billion at new education programs, they're never going away. They're not going to go away. Yeah, there. you know, there's a lot of talk among Republicans that, look, we've been, as Jeremy Miller, the majority leader, said yesterday, uh, every year he's been at the legislature, spending on education has gone up. Uh, in fact, it's gone up every year I've been covering uh, the Capitol, and that's well over 20 years. It, it goes up every year, but every year we hear, yeah, but it didn't go up enough. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the budget for education is enormous. It's more uh, than half year, the state's budget, Tom. Yeah, and, and this year the federal government threw in $3 billion or thereabouts. Uh, and it's so I, I don't pretend to have uh, the answers, but clearly just throwing money at uh, a problem is never a good solution, whether it be education or health care or, you know, you name you, you, the, the, the issue or the area of the budget. You, you, you've got to have a plan for what to do with the money and what has proven successful either here or elsewhere. And so that is the struggle, is trying to find that balance between how much money do we need to spend on things that are going to be successful. And nobody has has that equation figured out yet. What has polling shown about Walls' handling of the uh, coronavirus? Again, uh, and I don't have the numbers right in front of me right now, but his approval rating on handling the coronavirus, again, uh, if you read Twitter, you would think it's 10% approval right. rating. Right. But in reality, <laughs> in, in the real world, uh, it's still over 50%. Really? And now uh, I will tell you that we'll have another poll coming out relatively soon, and we'll get some, some new numbers because I'm, I'm really anxious. And one of the questions we're going to ask is, and we're going to ask this statewide, do you approve of the vaccine and testing mandates in Minneapolis and St. Paul? And that's a valid question to ask statewide because everyone in the state just about visits Minneapolis or St. Paul. Those are the economic engines of the state. And so everybody's got a stake in it. So I'm going to be interested to, to even though the governor was not involved in those decisions, as, as far as we know, it'll be interesting to see if that is a drag on the overall approval rating of the Walls administration handling of the coronavirus. I heard Pat Mancini last night uh, say that his since the uh, mandate went into effect uh, for restaurant patrons, his business is down 60%. Wow. And he's lost a lot of banquets. And it was true up and down 7th Street in St. Paul. It's true in Minneapolis where a lawsuit is underway. Uh, yeah, I, I am not at all surprised by that. Uh, I was talking to uh, to Tom Reed the other night after a wild game on, on Monday night, mm -hmm. and uh, he said the same thing. He said, the, the, it, it, it's killing us. Either people are, are not coming uh, because they don't want to have to show their vaccine status or they don't have, you know, a test or whatever. And he says, I can't afford to have to pay someone for 14 hours to stand at that door right. and have people stand in line in five below zero weather uh, waiting for someone to check your health status. Mm -hmm. And and he said there's many other issues that are impacting businesses in St. Paul. And I'm sure it's true in Minneapolis. 
But I can tell you, I know a lot of restaurant and bar owners, and they are all hurting. There's not one of them that is not impacted by all of this. Yep. Will you be routinely moderating gubernatorial debates? Well, you know, this is the third one I have done with the Republicans. I did one in early December in Wyzetta. I did one at the North Metro Chamber uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, maybe 10 days ago. And then I did the one last night. Last night was in Benton County, Mm -hmm. in Sauk Rapids, uh, St. Cloud area. Uh, And I'll tell you, the candidates have gotten... Uh, better at refining their message, I have noticed, over the past month and a half that I have done these. They've done some other uh, forums and debates in between. But last night was the first time with Kendall Qualls, uh, Kendall Qualls in the race or in the debate, and, you know, because he just joined the race just a week or 10 days ago. Uh, he will be a candidate to be reckoned with. Uh, you know, an African American Republican mm-hmm. uh, has a lot of appeal, uh, he's a business uh, executive and uh, seems to have a command of the issues, and uh, I thought did well in the debate. Frankly, I thought all the candidates did much better in last night's debate than the one I did six weeks ago. Uh, So it'll be fascinating to see which one emerges. I will tell you one thing. All six of them said last night that they will abide by the endorsement process and not run in a primary. So so that means whoever emerges from this pack, as long as they all keep their word, uh, whoever gets endorsed at the convention in mid-May will be the candidate that will face the governor in uh, November, and they will not have to have a potentially divisive uh, primary in August. Did you sense uh, last night that a unifying theme of all six candidates would be public safety? Oh, yeah, there's no question. Public yeah. safety is the number one issue. And, and when they brought that up, they said it's it's happening in the Twin Cities and even out into the suburbs. And then people were yelling from the crowd. It's happening here, too, mm-hmm. you know, up in, in uh, uh, Saint, the St. Saint Cloud area. And so that is that is clearly uh, a major theme. One other thing that I was fascinated by, the allure of Donald Trump has not been diminished. The biggest cheers last night were whenever... Donald Trump's name was brought up. I asked each of the candidates wow. if he offered his endorsement, would you accept it? And if he offered to come and campaign for you in Minnesota, would you welcome him to the state? Uh, all six of them said yes. As polarizing as he is, uh, they would be willing to have him come to risk getting the other side all ginned up because it's Donald Trump, because they think it'll do that much to rally their base. So That astonishes me. It, it 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 is remarkable, and at least a couple of them still question the election results. Uh, didn't come right out and say that he won, but they they all agreed that that the election needs to be the election process needs to be tightened up from voter ID to getting rid of mail-in ballots that they say you can't uh, keep control of. Uh, and so, yeah, it's election integrity is going to be another uh, big issue in this campaign. Boy, you'd think one of them would have distinguished himself or herself by saying, no, I would not accept his endorsement. But uh, that, I don't think I that think would fly gotta, well in Sauk Rapids. Right. I guess not. <laughs> because up there in Benton County, I think that's pretty solid uh, Trump country up there. I, I, I sensed that from the roar of approval. When when the former president was was mentioned, and uh, so it, it, that is going to be a really interesting underlying uh, issue in this campaign is 
do you do you stand with President Trump or do you not? It's, right. You run at your own risk as a Republican if you try to completely disavow uh, well, I appreciate your time. Let's stay in touch as this campaign gets closer to its fruition. Absolutely. Call any time. All right, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Tommy. Okay, good Tom talking Hauser. to you, Joe. Tom Hauser from Channel 5. Wow. Boy, that surprised me. I thought I, I would think maybe one of them would have t- put that toe in the water and, and get a reaction. But I think he's right, though. I mean, you, you're kind of playing to your crowd, right, in, yeah. in Benton County? Becker, uh, Beltrami, Benton, Big Stone, Blue Earth, and Brown Raider, B County. I knew it. That's what I'm seeing, too. Um Still Trump country here. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you guys this. Driving through Ohio and Pennsylvania, Kenny, it's almost like driving uh, I-94 north. We're up in your neck of the woods. It's yeah, the it, same it's, thing. There's signs everywhere. It's like that in the rural areas across yep. the country. Like we said, the day after he got elected, mm-hmm. um, finally, people are, they feel they're being represented. Whether they were or not is mm-hmm. a different question, but... They, they feel that he was their candidate. I love, too, and I hope they all all the six candidates uh, abide by this, the fact that they all said, whoever gets the endorsement, we all stand behind that person, which means to me all six of these people just want to defeat Walls. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's important. That there's Kenny, like you had been saying for, for months now, get your bleep together and figure this out together yeah. collectively. Yep. Get on yep. the same page. Yep, and that's what we're seeing, and hopefully uh, the Republican Party now is finally getting their act together. Yesterday, we learned that the Biden administration has canceled the leases for the Twin Metals mining operation up near the Boundary Water. Mm-hmm. It's going to be it was for copper and nickel, which are needed to make electric car batteries. Uh, I have a question. I, I certainly agree that that's a seemingly inconvenient place for a mine when you compare it to the pristine wilderness. I, I understand all of those concerns. Mm-hmm. But... I would like to contact, I'm going to make an attempt to contact some of these people and ask them, where would you approve a mine? Oh, sure. Where <laughs> Where's it okay to have a mine? They won't. It's like the pipeline. The, they won't. Canada. I mean, this happens to be where the nickel and the copper is. Yeah. Like you said yesterday, India. Yeah, I, South, I, I, South is America. Is it okay if we get it from Africa? China. Indonesia and India, well, just put the six-year-olds to work. Is that okay? But that would for be them, okay. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would like to talk to, and I'll make an effort to, either Chris Knopf, there, he's a Boundary Waters preservation activist, and is, is it Rebecca? Uh, let me find her name and, and see if they, Becky Ron, I'm sorry, Becky Ron, the national chairperson for the campaign to save the Boundary Waters. And I don't blame her one bit for attempting to save the Boundary Waters, but I would want to know from her, where would she approve a mine? What is the name of the company again? Um, Twin Metals. Twin Metals. Twin Metals. And they're based out of South America? Chile. Chile. I'd also like to know what their track record is for their other mines elsewhere. Well, I was this under would the, be their first one outside the U.S. Or outside of South America. I'm sorry, outside South America. Right, yeah. right. And yeah. I'd like to know what it's like down there well, with their mines. I wonder, is this the same company when we spoke to the Chilean miner years ago? Is that the same company he worked for? Uh, that's a good question. One of the miners who was trapped? Yeah, we had him on the show. We did have him on the show. And he kept asking if you could hold, please. Could you hold, please? Yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe you could find that. How come no American-held company is interested in mining there? Why is it just this company? Apparently, this company was willing to spend, uh, so far, about $500 million just to see if there's copper and nickel there. 
Interesting. And they have discovered there's copper and nickel there. And you want electric cars. I, my question is not antagonistic. I want to know if you're of the if your uh, uh, worldview, your ideology is mines are bad, uh, but you you certainly favor the elimination of petroleum. Where in the hell would you allow a mine to be built? I'd also be interested in hearing about the cleanup phase afterwards, if there is one, or as they go along. And they're always the the activists have been concerned about polluted groundwater and what i heard last night is there is no groundwater involved they're they're mining through bedrock there's there's no water involved i i don't know that to be a written in stone fact Mm. but uh the one question i did have coming off yesterday's show is i wish i would have thought to mention this yesterday where can i have a mine at line eight there yep all right line eight okay uh Hello, we're on. I, I need the name of the interpreter from Chile. Hello. Hello, you're Hello. the... How are you today? And you are? Pedro. Pedro, and you will interpret? Uh, buenos dias. Buenos dias to you, and you have... Do you speak Spanish? Pardon? Do you, do, you speak, do you speak Spanish? No. No? You have Yanni Barrios with you. He's 50 years old. Yanni. He uh, is one of the rescued... He is one of the rescued miners. He was, um, he was one of the middle ones mm-hmm. that was um, pulled from the capsule. Uh, ask him how his how does he feel today? Can you hold, please? Yes. Uh, he said uh, he is um, feeling better and he is happy to be out of the um, the how do you say, ground. The what? The ground. The ground under. Right. I got that. And uh, did he have a happy uh, homecoming when he reached, uh, when the capsule finally reached the uh, uh, the end of its journey there? Can you hold? Can you ask him, please? Can you hold? Yes. Thank you. But he said he has... You know, I, I, can I interrupt you there, Pedro? Can I interrupt for just a moment? Can you hold? Yes. No, you went. See. See, I'm I'm hearing a question being asked of him, <laughs> but I'm not hearing him answer before you come back on the line. He doesn't speak English, sir. <laughs> I speak some Spanish. And no. I ask him a question, and he tells me the answer. No. And, no. <laughs> Bear with me here, Pedro. I wish I could see you, but I can't. You're a long way away. No, you are. We are way up. <laughs> no. On the earth. Ask him again, please, because we would like to hear him answer, even though we can't understand him. What? Well, he's very far away, and I can read his lips from across the room. <laughs> Ask him uh, what awaited him when the capsule came up. Okay, can you hold this? Yes. Thank you. Because I, I have to tell him. Right. So what, your, what was your question again? How? What was? What was awaiting him? Okay, please hold for me. He said that um, it was good to um, become out of this small capsule on the ground, and he likes to see um, uh, people waiting for him, a, a something good for him to see, like maybe 
um, his mistress. Right, and <laughs> I don't. He's not shy to tell you this. Right, and that was that. I told him. What? No, I'm sorry. What? Uh, he was yelling at me, and I told I told him about the mistress. Well, he told you about it. Oh, because you told me about it. He is not shy about this. He does not know where to choose. Right. The old, the um, not the old, the uh, wife or the young. Uh, um, um, Ask him if. A lot of. Ask him if that was awkward. Can you hold, please? Yes. He said that um, it was a feeling of oddness. How do you say? Odd would good would be good. It um, was uh, more. He's not a very. He's not a very smart person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just now. He's not the smartest in the world. All right, but a good man. But a good man. Yeah, very good man. Bueno, si, hombre. I give him these what we call thumb up. And he said to me, he gives some of hey, bueno, you're going to make it go. And um, he said that the, the world was worried about, uh, you know, oh, who's going to choose. And he chose, um, he has not chosen yet, but he's leaning toward uh, the mistress. Okay. Did he suffer any uh, long, t- is he, is he uh, hopeful for his long-term health? Can you help me? Yes. <laughs> Going Chinese? <laughs> they tell me that. Oh no. Pedro's losing it. <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> no, you just couldn't uh, keep it up, okay, could you, Pedro? Uh, he told me that uh, he is um, very happy. You just couldn't keep it up, could He's you, Pedro? Um, do you have any more questions for? Okay, that's enough. Yes, okay. we could do that because you'll recall of that miraculous rescue. I was of trying all to remember how long ago trapped that was. underground in Chile. Do you remember how long ago that was? It had to be getting to be ten years ago, I bet, wow. if not longer. Because that was the kicker that I forgot that the guy that we spoke to on the phone he came up to find the woman, uh, the mistress, and the wife. <laughs> they both he didn't showed know what up. What the hell to do? They were both there cheering him on. <laughs> How did that become a main topic of discussion? Because it was included in the story. I remember that. The story that Joe read on the air. Because families were coming to make sure their loved ones were getting out of the ground okay. Well, this poor guy came out of the chute last, and both the wife and the mistress were there. Suits, you got to be worried about that at your funeral, don't you? What? (laughs) What? Laughing? Oh, it's, oh the, no, I don't think so. No, you're I, good? I, I think we're good. I, I think we're good. They see right through me, he says. <laughs> they, I'm invisible. <laughs> Not a problem. Right. Not a problem. See, I got a great uh, email from uh, Fred uh, out in Coos Bay, Oregon. Uh, he said, Fred from Coos Bay, Oregon, formerly Owatonna. I'm the guy who drove 2,000 miles to see you and the crew at the state fair, and I received the GL Medal of Freedom. Nice. I remember that. How you do you mean, spell Coos Bay? C-O-O-S. 
You made a comment on Monday that no evidence has ever been produced in this country that more money spent on education has resulted in improvements in academic achievement. I agree with you for the most part. I am a college professor, history and political science, the only conservative at the small community college here in Coos Bay, 25 years here, graduate of St. Thomas, by the way. Educational policy over the past 30 years has been a flavor-of-the-month variety with whatever new trendy idea catching the eye of superintendents and administrators. Every few years, they come up with Common Core, No Child Left Behind, etc., and teachers are forced to change what they do to meet the new trend. This constant change of direction is expensive and disruptive. I do not want to bring up something that educational funding... I do want to bring up something that educational funding did get right. About eight years after you were born, the dirty, rotten commie bastards launched Sputnik in 1957. It appeared that the Soviets were ahead in the space race, and we panicked and dumped billions of dollars into education to catch up to catch up and win the race, Moon, 1969. Of the six grade schools in Owatonna prior to 1970, all but one was recently built using what I call Sputnik money. These new schools created a wonderful atmosphere for learning, and the curriculum I grew up with was science and math intensive. By the mid to late 70s, a whole generation of Americans started going to college or building computers in their garages, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, etc., and they all benefited from the new schools and the science, meth et, science math education they were given. Those Sputnik babies gave us the computer revolution we enjoy and struggle with today. When education is allowed to think and invest long-term, the results can be amazing. Sadly, that has not really happened in the past 30 years or so, and the results are quite obvious. Fred from Coos Bay. P.S. We would love to hear a debate between Joe Biden, rookie, and Rick from Harlingen, Texas, to see God. who would actually be the best president. Don't even put that idea in his head. That's a pretty good idea. I remember when Rick, I think it was his kid or somebody, they showed up at the fair. They drove 2,000 miles. Really? Oh, yeah. That's a hell of a location. Let me tell you, I'm looking at it on the map. I Wonderful. bet it's lovely, huh? Right on 101. Yeah. 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 Why don't we take a little time out? It's Reavers here for Josh Arnold. Mr. Money Talk is what he's called around these parts. Josh has been an investment consultant since 1978. This extensive career has given him the experience needed to manage your money in both up and down markets. Josh provides independent, personalized investment planning to individuals and small businesses, including retirement plans. Josh has been doing this for quite some time, and the thing that separates him from the rest is he will always give you straight talk and never sugarcoated advice. When you invest for yourself or for your small business with Josh, you get the same straight talk that you would expect from Mr. Money Talk. You also get an investment consultant who will work proactively with you to create a strategy that fits your goals. You can also hear him at the end of Garage Logic every Tuesday and Thursday with a full report. Give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation at 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. Or for more information, just visit his website, josharnoldinvestmentconsultant.com. The 31st Annual 2022 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show returns to the Minneapolis Convention Center Friday, February 18th through Sunday, Feb 20. Grab your foursome. Get ready for your first round of 2022. See all the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show has to offer, including great deals on drivers, irons, putters, and accessories. Nab great deals on the best golf apparel around. This is where I get my golf gloves every year. Take advantage of special offers from your favorite courses and destination golf resort vacations while you're there. Plus, take lessons from 
from the pros and be ready to own your golf game in 2022. And as an added bonus, yes, Garage Logic will broadcast live from 11:30 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Friday, Feb 18. Tickets are now on sale for just $12. Compliments of TwinCitiesGolf.com. Each ticket purchase includes 10 free greens free passes and three bonus passes if you purchase online. Find all show details at MinnesotaGolfShow.com. Presented by Choice Bank, your select Minnesota Buick, GMC dealers, Nelson Marine, and Second Swing. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Dylan Heights. Amazing. Say, uh, my memory, uh, I I don't remember what happened 10 minutes ago. Have I told you that Aim High Construction is back uh, with GL starting this week? Uh, and that I, I have right. Yes. Guys? Hello. Yep. Hello. Yep. Yes. Uh, that means the list. You need to get on the list because these guys are busy. Aimhighconstructionmn.com. That's where you hook up with Chris. He's the owner. He's actually a veteran. Uh, pretty smart, good businessman, and really concerned about quality craftsmanship, honesty, doing a hell of a good job for us. I'm talking construction-related stuff. He can do, their crew can do anything, roofing, siding, decking, um, concrete work, you name it, they're there for us. So if you're thinking about that new kitchen or maybe finishing a basement off, uh, putting a, a lock on the man cave, he can do all of that. Uh, they do work right around, right around here, Minnesota, Wisconsin. I, I asked him, would you come up to Douglas County, Minnesota, and throw up a three-car attached garage? He said, yeah, uh, but I'm going to have to wait till next summer. That means I need to get on the list. You, too, need to get on the list. You can find them, aimhighconstructionmn.com. Make sure you tell them that you're a GLer when you speak to them, and uh, do it. I, I, they've already done work for me, and I loved it, aimhighconstructionmn.com. I'm fascinated, and I normally don't get fascinated by celebrity dust-ups. Yeah, that's not really your thing. No, I stay away from it. But this Joe Rogan versus Neil Young controversy. <laughs> Isn't it just beautiful? Is, uh, oh, it's delicious. It's, it's quite amazing. And uh, Neil Young said to Spotify, it's me or him. And, and uh, that, how long do you think that took Spotify to make that decision? Half a second. Uh, because Rogan delivers big numbers for Spotify. Uh, and Neil's contention was that Rogan was giving out uh, vaccine information that Young found problematic, uh, that didn't adhere to the administration's view. Mm-hmm. And I got a note from uh, Howard who writes, Finally, the secret formula to mute Neil Young and his music <laughs> has been discovered. Every podcast and music outlet needs to carry Joe Rogan wall-to-wall. Spotify made a financial decision pure and simple. That said, and my distaste for Neil's music and his lack of musical talent aside, it was delicious to see a self-important liberal elitist get a taste of reality and be dealt some humility. He is no longer relevant if he ever was. The irony of an old hippie delivering a capitalist ultimatum and losing is wonderful. Okay, I disagree with virtually everything Howard said. Why? I think Neil Young is talented. I've always liked his music. Sure, yeah, that's not what's up. I I, I feel uh, that we're contemporaries. I've I've known about him and seen him since the day he first became a musician. Virtually, I saw Buffalo Springfield at the Minneapolis Convention Center. I've seen Neil as a solo act. I've uh, I read a book by Neil. Uh, I've always been a fan. 
But I will say the part that I do agree with Howard is, isn't it fascinating that a lot of these guys who at the start of their careers were anti-establishment right. are now uh, so woke. So woke, they're coming back and saying, I can't be associated with somebody like Rogan. He's not towing the line. Right. Where, Neil, you were the hippie who said, oh, man, let him say what he wants, man. Mm -hmm. Let him say what he wants. And it's just, it's a fascinating uh, upside-down look at the world. There's a guy who wrote a piece for X99 News. Uh, He's a Breitbart writer. Uh, What the hell's his name? Oh, hell, I can't. Howard. Um, Howard Johnson. John Nolte. John oh, yeah, Nolte. John Nolte. Yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, <laughs> and he writes, why is an anti-establishment hippie like Neil Young suddenly turned fascist and wants to backlist, blacklist Joe Rogan to protect the establishment from criticism? Why did Sean Penn encompass a leftist Nazi like Hugo Chavez? Why is left-wing Hollywood giving in to the Nazis in China? Why a 60s icon like Cher to call for the imprisonment of those whom you disagree? Why is a free spirit like Bette Midler demand do all women uh, stop having sex with men? Why a Whoopi Goldberg rhetorically lynches innocent men? Why TV's most famous anti-establishment liberal is now protecting the system, saying saying those with whom you disagree is sedition? Neil Young behaves like Joel McCarthy. Uh... Meathead is behaving like Richard Nixon. Whoopi is behaving like the Klan. Bet is behaving like the Lady of the Church. Hollywood behaves like Vichy France. What's going on? How is it possible? Then I won't read the whole thing, but he goes on to say it's because he finds these people to be narcissists. And I, I just yeah. never looked at Neil Young that way. I don't care oh, about the rest of them. No, he is with... Are you kidding me? Southern man! Uh, he's been a narcissist for a long time, making outrageous blanket indictments without knowing the full story. Oh, well, well, then what? And it took the the dum-dums and Leonard Skinner to call him up and say, hey, wait a minute, why don't you come visit? We'll talk this out. And Neil Young discovered, yeah, it turns out I was wrong. There's actually pretty cool people down there, Alabama yeah. way. Yeah. Do you think that this was a uh, let me let me oh, let me let me uh, get back on track because Kenny so rudely interrupted me. Right, uh, Kenny. Then it would seem to follow that your contention would be all of these successful artists are to a degree narcissists. Well, oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I agree Joe, too. He, he's yeah. been wealthy beyond belief since what the early seventies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got so, a home in the Carmel Mountains, and he's got a home in Hawaii, and. Uh, once had the world's largest toy train collection, and uh, so this is just a rich guy that capitalism. Capitalism has been very, very good to Mister Neil. Very good. See, I never. Uh, my antenna was never up to decide that Neil Young was uh, a hypocrite. I, 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 I've loved everything he's done virtually. Uh, my that album recorded at the Ryman in Nashville, and uh, there's no doubt. Um, and I guess I do also disagree with him. I think Neil's pretty good, um, but but has he been significant in the last thirty years, forty years? Yes, yes, I say he has. But that's what I was going to ask. Was this in some way a way for him to get himself in the news? Granted, he doesn't need the money. No, I know. No, 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 he's. No. I don't think he's that type. Okay. No, no, he's I, not. he must have this. Belief that uh, Rogan is spilling the wrong it's, vaccine information. It's the same thing that all these celebrities do. If Trump gets elected, I'm moving to Canada. And then guess what? They don't move to Canada. Yeah, but Neil's the opposite. He moved from Canada to here. 
Yeah. He'd have to threat to return. I feel like I, I never knew his father, but I was in press boxes with his father. I never his father what? was named Scott Young, and he wrote hockey for uh, really. I think either Toronto Paper or Montreal, maybe no even, or, or even Winnipeg. And uh, uh, I know for a fact that he and I were in in the same press box for a couple of Stanley Cup series. And I know that Neil was close to his father, and uh, uh, Neil did throw me for a loop when he dumped his longtime woman for uh, who's that uh, goofball that was in a mermaid movie? Who am I thinking of? A swimmer? Uh, yeah, no, she was in a movement, tall, blonde. Uh, oh, Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah, yeah. And then, uh, you know, his his longtime companion, whose name I forget, Peggy. Peggy somebody. Uh, Noonan. No. That all, that broke my heart. I, mm. I just was, but I'm terribly naive when here's, it comes to those kind of things. Here's what needs to happen. Uh, Rogan needs to get him on the phone, invite him in. You know, Rogan does a long-ass podcast. But right? that's what I'm Two, wondering, is, hours. is that what uh, Neil Young's endgame is? To get no. on with Joe Rogan? No. You don't think so? I don't so? think so. Okay. No, as a matter of fact, he'd probably turn him down, I think. Um, but uh, what a lot of people don't understand is Rogan's willing to talk to anybody. Right. And hes I don't see him as promoting agenda so much as promoting his own show by talking to everybody. You'll recall when Neil Young was here about three years ago for two nights mm-hmm. in the winter, and yep. I uh, i contacted my buddy in the business, yes. of who I've told you about many times, and I said, man, can you help me get Neil Young on? I really, really wanted him over. He said, you got no shot to get Neil Young. Really? None. Wow. Uh, by the way, unable to get a raise at the Winnipeg Free Press... Curtis, excuse me, Scott Young moved to Toronto in 1941 covering news and sports for the Canadian Press News Agency. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Mm-hmm. What'd you have for lunch yesterday? I have no idea. <laughs> Don't you think that'd be an interesting podcast? Very oh, much God, so. yes. Very much so. But I would you, love to talk to Neil Young. You know what one out here? Uh, these guys, who, who is it that he's working for? Um, Spotify. Mm-hmm. Spotify went down to the accountant's office, looked at the books, and said, oh, Joe Rogan's making us this much, and Neil, uh, yeah, okay, we're going to go with Rogan. Mm-hmm. It's it's a money thing. Well, and I sent you guys that graph a couple of weeks ago, remember? Rogan right now I looked is, for that. I wish I would have saved it. I do, too. I was That's why I was looking through my phone. so far above and beyond the amount of listeners and downloads than anybody else. Like, Combined. Wasn't he like 10 million ahead of second place? Yes, and he's got and more. And we're in second place. <laughs> right. He's got more than CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, all of those cable outlets combined yeah. are getting. And that's why they're desperately trying to get him canceled. Yes. yes. That's the reason. Yes. But it's guys like Neil Young. He was he's he's been a car guy all his life, but then he turned to uh, this long-standing effort of his to turn an old Lincoln Continental into an electric car. But when these guys were young hippies, they wouldn't have complained about petroleum no. use. No, not at all. They wouldn't have complained about a guy who had differing views of the vaccine than the than the government. No. They they were they were free spirits. And this, this Nolte fellow writes, Neil Young, Rob Reiner, and Bette Midler never believed in freedom of expression or liberty or liberty or live and let live or individual freedom or oppose McCarthyism and racial terrorism. That was all BS. What they wanted was the right to do anything they wanted to do. They never fought for a principle or for anyone else. That was always all about them. They simply hid this selfish crusade behind words like freedom and justice. I reject that paragraph. 
I don't think no, I don't think Neil Young's that bad of a guy. Uh, done a lot of work to put a school together for special needs kids. I and, will say this: they did wet their finger, put it to the wind, and check which way it was blowing right. about Vietnam. Yep. Uh, and they were all against Vietnam. Right. Um, what you would have expected, though. But uh, the only person that ever did anything was uh, Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. and you got to respect him for standing by his his you know ideals. Four dead in Ohio. It didn't take. Took him five minutes to jump on the. National Guard uh, for the Kent State shootings. Nolte? Is it Brian? It's uh, John Nolte, N-O-L-T-E. By I, don't, way, I don't know anything about him. Because John Hyde is listening to this and yelling at the at his device that yeah. he's listening to Garage Logic right now? Well, he's not because it hasn't been released yet. Um, Peggy Morton, Young's first wife, mm-hmm. he left her for Daryl Hannah. I said that. No, yeah. you said Peggy something. Noonan. Yeah, well, or Noonan. No, no. Speech what's writer. her name? Daryl Hannah. No, what's the wife's name? The ex-wife is Peggy Morton. I said Peggy, and that he left Peggy for Daryl Hannah. Oh, you did say yeah, that. Yeah, so you can put yeah. some coins in the bucket. All right, I'll give myself some. Right. Okay, sorry. You said the fish movie. She was in the fish movie. Well, wasn't Daryl Hannah in some mermaid movie or something? I yeah. don't know a yes. lot about Daryl yes. Hannah's yes. career, with for Tom, God's sakes. With Tom Hanks. Yeah, and I'm actually, like I'm actually very amazed that you knew that. She was also in Grumpy Old Men. Good. Uh, uh, really, really lead me off the track here with this <laughs> BS about Daryl Hannah. Uh, in any event, yeah. I do find it, uh, uh, I disagree with Howard in terms of Neil Young's talent and influence and significance, but I do find it fascinating that there is a strain of these guys now turning back towards in defense of administrations and governments. Well, that was never their deal. What amazes me is the entire country, if not the whole world, has gone from hating Big Farm uh, for what they did with uh, getting people addicted to strong drugs yes. to absolutely loving them and promoting them and believing everything they say, yeah. when obviously Big Farm is becoming more and more uh, wealthy uh, by the second with mm-hmm. this uh, COVID deal. Um, I had another question for you about this. How do you feel about Spotify and other private companies, privately held companies, um, censoring alternate COVID vaccination information. Well, they're not. Yeah, they, they are. They just favor Joe Rogan over Neil Young. But it's happening on Twitter. It's happening on Facebook. It's happening all over. And uh, these celebrities, a lot of them that you've just named, are in favor of censorship. And I'm not. There's your answer. Thank I am you. not. Thank I you. Not. Thank you. Splash. Splash. Yeah, yeah, thanks movie. a lot. That's, I, got, I got her now. That's it. That's See, we need we need rookie here. He <laughs> yeah. would have known right away. He would have known That's that right, right away. He would have. Oh, speaking of that. Oh. Speaking of that careful. rookie son of a gun. I was I've been giving him grief for all these years that the only two movies you watch were John Candy movies and a John Candy movie and Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Movie. Yep. And he and Elizabeth Reese got into it the other day talking about emotions in films. And Rookie's rattling off these films he watched, like Steel Magnolias and this. And I'm going to wring his neck when I see him. Steel Magnolias. Well, there's a there's a rookie that, that came out on Twin Cities Live that we didn't know existed. But, it's it's okay. the rookie that cries. Yes. That sits on the couch <laughs> yes. holding her hand with a hanky in the oven. Not even a hanky, a tissue in his sleeve that he can pull out and dab away the tears. Well, he did get genuinely emotional uh, talking about the uh, the the death of his late uh, mother-in-law, who he was very close to. Yes. And, and yeah, we saw a rookie on the on the show uh, that 
that we haven't seen in but is this logic. is this being are these lines being fed to him via the teleprompter no 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 these were, i could okay. tell that i tell you another thing about matthew that a lot of people don't know we have to put up with this corn dog blues yeah. bs nonsense which is just unlistenable and it's him singing like this yep <laughs> He's actually got a lovely singing voice. Oh, he does. He can really sing well. well he can hold a, He can hold the key. Yes. He yeah. Can hold the key. He, he's hiding a lot from us. If there was any doubt what the modern Minnesota DFL has become, uh, the Minnesota Democratic Farmer Labor Party will allow people in the U.S. illegally and those serving felony probation to participate in its caucuses serve as delegates, and hold leadership positions in Why the party. Why not? Why not? DFL leadership announced the expansion of participation Wednesday with the party's central committee voting unanimously to make the change the night before, extending participation in the party to people typically excluded from the political process is the culmination of a six-year effort, according to DFL chairman Ken Martin, who said he first started pushing for the change in 2016. If you think they care about you, Mr. and Mrs. Working Farming Minnesota, you have another thing coming. No, not at all. Minnesota law prohibits a felon serving probation and people in the country illegally from voting, something that until recently applied to party caucuses, where members can introduce proposals for the state party platform and elect local leadership. Democrats voted at their state convention in 2018 to grant full party participation to non-citizens. People in the U.S. illegally and felons who had not yet had their voting rights restored, but later learned that state laws stood in the way. The DFL couldn't get Republican support to change the state statute and preserved, pursued the legal route to change the rules, Martin said. In 2020, the DFL and activist Noah McCourt, who was serving five years probation for a felony, sued the state of Minnesota to challenge its ban on felons from participating in precinct caucuses, arguing the law violated the First Amendment. District courts dismissed both actions, and while the Minnesota Court of Appeals affirmed the lower court decisions, in early January it also ruled the state's law banning felons on probation from voting did not apply to caucuses. The appeals court decision opened the door for the DFL to expand participation at its precinct caucuses. Felons and people in the U.S. illegally will be able to participate for the first time at the 2022 caucuses beginning next week. Minnesota precinct caucuses begin 7 p.m. Feb. 1. And they're holding them virtually, most of them, because they still fear the COVIDs. Well, that's all you need to know. Look at the way they treated John Thompson. They never intended to get rid of him. Nope. They don't care if you're illegal. They don't care if you're a felon. That's their party. And this is exactly why there's merit to those of us that don't trust the election process. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. There you have it right there in a nutshell. Well, this has nothing to do with voting. That's that's still to be. That's 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 inevitable. That's next. That's the inevitable. But holy mackerel. You think they give a bleep about the small businessman or God, no. woman God, or the no. farmers? Absolutely or? not. They've proven that time and time it, again. It's just they're, become... Uh, they're proving it right now with the closure of uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul. With urban these anarchists. Yep. That's all they are. Yep. So if I want to go to Mancini's, you know, I need to be all masked up yep. and vaxxed up and everything like that. But if I want to go to Target, for example, I'm not singling out Target. I'm just saying, you know, a big conglomerate like that that's not a problem go head on in Mm -hmm. no big deal it's a shame it's such a shame what's going on 
Small business is the absolute backbone of this country, and it's disintegrating before our very eyes. But who in the DFL party do you trust to care about that? This is not the DFL party of Hubert Humphrey. This is not the DFL party of even 25 years ago. No. This party's been hijacked by Mysterians, and they're ruining the state. Hence, uh, Monday's Wall Street Journal editorial by Lance Morrill, recalling as recently as 1973, Minnesota was hailed on the cover of Time magazine, and in the intervening 50 years, Minnesota has joined uh, or the cities uh, closest to the country's tallest buildings in Minnesota have joined the ruination of every other similar area in the country. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, I have two items on that that I would like to address in a moment. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here once again for my friends at Hofferman Water. They are an independent water treatment dealer. They offer sales, service, and rental for Connecticut water treatment systems, including water softeners, iron rust and odor filtration systems, and, of course, drinking water systems. A new system from Connecticut can do so many things that other water softeners simply cannot. They will cut down on salt usage and protect all of your appliances. Trust me when I say bad water affects nearly every single aspect of your home. Your showers are better, your laundry is better, not to mention your drinking water. And another underrated aspect of this, a brand new state-of-the-art Connecticut water treatment system helps the resale value of your home. Please get in touch with my friends at Hoffman Water today. I had my Connecticut system installed years ago and it has made an amazing difference in the quality of my water. Call them today for that free water analysis. 952-894-4040 or you can just visit them online today at HoffermanWater.com. Hofferman Water, proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. It's time for your New Year's resolution. We all spend a lot of money during the holidays, and I can help you save some money, too. Do what I did. Call the Canopy Group. They shopped over 16 insurance companies, increased my coverage greatly, and saved me over $600 annually. I procrastinated and wish I had done this a decade earlier. Now I'm part of the Canopy Group's annual process. I do not have the time, interest, or knowledge to shop 16 different companies for my home and auto insurance. Do me and yourself a favor. Don't procrastinate. Make this your New Year's resolution. Call the Canopy Group and get the best insurance coverage and save money. You will be off to a wonderful New Year. Go to thecanopygroup.com. That's thecanopygroup.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Souchere. You're aware that uh, trains in Los Angeles have been vandalized to the point of strewing the rail yards with ripped open Amazon boxes and packages and just creating a horrible mess. Get the the, uh, groin kick ready. I'm ready for you. We're so doomed. California Governor Gavin Newsom clarified this week that when he called criminals accused of stealing packages from cargo trains in the state gangs, he wasn't implying the thefts were gang-related. This is not one-off, Newsom said in a news conference near Union Pacific Railroad tracks in L.A., uh, according to the Washington Times. This is organized theft. These are organized gangs of people that are coming out. For me, saying gangs, that's not a pejorative, he declared. They're an organized group of folks that move from site to site. What? Yeah. 
They're organized group that of folks. That deserves this. Oh, he's so woke. Forgive me for saying gangs. They're not organized groups. They're organized groups of folks that move from site to site. Well, you are so uh, precious to the point of being terribly unserviceable. Uh, th this is pathetic. I can't imagine the pressure these people put themselves uh, under just to be as woke as they are. It's a lot of work, isn't it? It's got to be. So many rules to follow when you're woke. It's got to be. Newsom was also criticized for saying that the trash along the tracks created by looting looked like a third world country. Well, that's what it did. Yeah. Conservatives place blame on the governor for supporting Democratic policies that they claimed have led to lawlessness. Well, they have. Look in the mirror, Gavin, former San Diego Mayor Kevin Falconer, who challenged Newsom in last year's recall election, tweeted. Others pointed out the third world country is considered an antiquated term. Uh, Union Pacific Railroads. Adrian Guerrero said rising retail theft crime in L.A. County over the past year is part of the problem in a December 20 letter to Los Angeles District Attorney George Gascone, who was one of the worst district attorneys in the country. Uh, Union Pacific experienced a 160 percent increase in criminal rail theft in Los Angeles County over the past year. Newsom's office did not respond to comment, a request for comment. Have you guys seen the video? This was maybe, it was before Christmas, I know that, a few weeks before Christmas. There is an Amazon semi, okay, picture an Amazon semi driving down a freeway in Southern California, mm -hmm. and there are four cars that corral this semi. Mm -hmm. It's going, I don't know, 60, 70 miles an hour, I have no idea. Guys are climbing out of these SUVs to try to open the back of this semi while they're driving down the freeway. And one really? of them falls off the semi, and they, the other guys in the truck didn't even stop to get them. They just kept going. And I'm thinking, wow, what, what country has this turned into? What's going on? Is that real? Yes. It, that sounds like something you're no, making up. It looked like a stunt movie, Kenny, but it was real. Because somebody, I forget what the foot, how the footage was captured, if it was a surveillance deal. I, I don't remember. I'll try to dig it up for you. And this was in uh, uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, it was. I believe it was Southern California. Here's a good question. Who is it that... Newsom has to listen to, or who is it that got to him and was able to convince him that you shouldn't say the word gang? Who, who would that be? And why didn't Newsom tell that person to put it where the sun don't shine? Well, look at, what's, look at what happened here. Mostly peaceful protests. No. They're not peaceful. No. He said, is, I'm sorry, I should have not said gangs. These are uh, organized groups of folks. Is this part of CRT, or am I overthinking it? I think you're overthinking it. All right. But but there's somebody in his circle that he adheres to their wisdom enough to, abs to, to actually agree that I shouldn't have called the train thieves gangs. How could that possibly be? Well, because the criminals are the victims. Now turn to Seattle, where they have another woke situation that's killing them. Really quick, um, yeah. there was a Babylon Bee headline that was going to be a, a no, screeching. It tires. deals with Gavin Newsom, oh, all right. and Gavin Newsom's at a podium in front of just endless uh, blocks of homeless encampments, mm -hmm. and the headline just reads, "Gavin Newsom wants answers as to who destroyed California." <laughs> Before you move on to Seattle, have we become so? Pussified 
that just let it go that we will allow what Chris Reavers just described happened on an LA freeway to happen? Yes. That's what's happened to us as a country. Yes. That we'll just that's just and it's, well you saw it here, Kenny. You saw it in Minneapolis and St. Paul. You saw it at thirty eighth in Chicago. Mm-hmm. A functioning civic intersection was ended. It was ended, taken over. Taken over. And we're so willing to just ignore crime and mayhem like this as long as it's not happening to us. The car next to us gets carjacked and we just sit there and tremble and we're glad it's not happening to me. Well, you and I and Reavers might figure out a way to react, but generally speaking, uh, you're describing something accurate. What would would happen if in Minneapolis, permit to carry guy sitting in his uh, vehicle... Uh, all of a sudden, he's surrounded on both sides with guys that want to break open his window, take his truck. What would happen if he turned and shot one right in the face? It's a great question. I would imagine uh, that Keith Ellison would want, if, especially if it was a white guy, Keith Ellison would want him imprisoned. Mm-hmm. I know plenty of black guys with permits to carry that would do just that. Well, then maybe they'd get cut a break. Well... Kenny, so when I, w- I was looking for that video to send to you. Tim Christopher has a permit to carry. Uh, our buddy downstairs in the garage right. has one. Yeah. Right. So all I did was I Google searched Amazon semi-hijacked, okay? Yeah. Uh, uh, December 9th, 2021. Lakeview, two Lakeview men hijacked an uh, Amazon semi. November 30th, Amazon driver hijacked in San Pedro. Uh, October 12th. They're all, there's a hundred of these. What in the hell? Yep. This is the Wild West. Mm-hmm. This is the Wild West before there were sheriffs and marshals and law. We're going to have to go back. Oh, my God. It's New Jersey, Chicago, uh, San Pedro, like I said, uh, L.A. County. There's well, here, here, here's what you're dealing with. The Seattle judge released an accused shoplifter without bail for the second time Wednesday, despite his extensive criminal history, including at least 18 felony and misdemeanor convictions since 1985. Judge Melinda Young, who I looked up and tried to do some research on and didn't find anything terribly indicting. Judge Melinda Young released John Ray Lomack Wednesday, weeks after Judge Kuljinder Dillon did the same thing after he was arrested for allegedly stealing a 70-inch TV on December 22nd from a downtown Seattle Target store. A King County prosecutor argued before Dalton that he should be held on $5,000 bail. Lomack was banned from the store last year after employees claimed he tried to shoplift nearly two dozen items and racked up $6,000 in stolen property. In his most recent attempt, Lomack grabbed the $600 flat screen using a tool to cut plastic straps, securing it to other TVs. Surveillance video of the incident shows while store security who recognized him called police. Uh, and there's a picture of him here. The 70-inch, it's about as big as a canoe. He can't even get the thing. He's got Got it balanced on a shopping cart. Hmm. <clears throat> Where are the Americans that aren't going to take this, that aren't going to sit by and watch their neighbor get hijacked and get beat up? Where, what has happened to us as a country? Are we so divided that we just don't even care about each other anymore? I think part of it, Kenny, because I've had this chat with the person I'm married to, Part of it is the is the fear of retaliation. You know, I've got a wife and kids to get home to. I don't want to intervene. It, it's that kind of thinking, too. But, yes, oh. I agree with you completely. Oh. 
Judge Dillon has been lenient on other suspects experiencing homelessness like Lomac. If he's homeless, what's he going to do with a 70-inch TV? The tent probably he, doesn't he, have an electrical He's going to sell it. Uh, having, uh, having lowered the bail for a suspect accused of gouging a Seattle police officer in the eye last year from 25000 to 1000 Young also lowered the bail for a homeless man accused last June of assault and robbery from twenty grand to five grand. Lomac is currently under coronavirus quarantine at a hotel for the homeless. Uh, we can't survive as a country with this. I know I've mentioned this before, and I've given up trying to reach him. When I first started the show or at least when the show began to delve into these kinds of topics, which have been maybe about a year into the show, uh, we, we would routinely get a call from a University of Minnesota professor, John somebody. I've even forgotten his last name. He predicted exactly what's happening today in Los Angeles, for example. Uh, have you read the story that wealthy residents of uh, Bel Air and Beverly Hills are hiring private security? They're hiring people to... Uh, uh, stay in their driveways overnight to prevent break-ins and thefts. And this guy, 25 years ago, said uh, L.A. will be a gated community uh, and it will look down on complete chaos. He, this was 25 years ago. Uh, there are loyal GLers, but I, I'd be hard-pressed to believe any GLers can help me remember the guy's name. Uh, and he was Rook just would probably remember. He was just brilliant. He was just brilliant. And, and for all I know, he's no longer with us. Uh, although the last time I remembered his name within the last two or three years and checked, he was still listed on the University of Minnesota faculty. Hmm. But I could not reach him. John somebody. John. I can look right now. Hanson. Uh, it's 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 uh, it'll be fruitless. The 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 point being that uh, there are people who study this kind of thing who've seen it coming for quite some time. Who've seen it coming, hmm. and we still need to get to the bottom. And I still have the name and number uh, for the fellow who wrote the piece we read, uh, where he was uh, talking about the uh, destruction of the country. And I, I really need to still get to the bottom. What's in it for the people to bring this about? What's in it for them? Because you'll be living in a country that's not very comfortable to live in. So what's in it for them? Yeah, we've been asking that a long time. What's in it for these prosecutors and judges to look out their window and see the devastation they have enabled? But you're, What's in it for them? You're making the assumption that they think it's their fault. Which I don't think they do. I think yeah, that what they're doing right. is they think they're helping that individual to become a better person. No, but they BS. look out the window and you're they right. see the destruction. I know they do, but right. you, you, the but, three of us can draw that conclusion. I don't think they personally and, can. And, and Reavers is right. If you read about something happening in L.A., it doesn't matter where, Portland, here in the Twin Cities, uh, that question is always asked. And the phrase is always thrown out. There's something along the lines of, it was Democrat uh, democratic policies that got us to this point. And th it, it, so the country knows how we got there, but Chris is right. They don't see themselves as making a mistake. And as a, fa and a matter of fact, they double down. Well, how can they not see that a country is developing that will not be habitable? The only way they can see is when it is finally 
un in unhab inhab uh, well yeah not, you know not wishing anything to happen to judge melinda young who just let out this guy uh, maybe she'll wake up if she gets attacked yeah and, and like no. that professor said she can probably afford private security mm-hmm. but then the likes of ilhan omar will turn around and say this is the police's fault. They're mm-hmm. not protecting us. Right. That's this their line right. of thinking. This is uh, okay. uh, Ilhan Omar's a great example. What, is, what's in it for her to have this ideology? What What does she think? How can she possibly benefit from residing in a country that will be inhabitable? Because her uninhabitable, the America that she wants is very different from the America that the three of us. But want. it'll be a you dreadful know, country. Uh, no ask kidding. That, ask that of the people that voted for her. What is in it for them? To vote for her and put her in office continually. Well, and as Lance Morrow pointed out in the Wall Street Journal article, which we discussed Monday, she was put into office by elite whites. Not the Somali community was his his argument. I, I, he didn't offer statistics. Well, he was right. Proof that. But it's the elite whites who said, well, we're very woke. We have to have this uh, Muslim Signaling woman. Signaling our virtue. Yeah, yeah. What's in it for them? As their Lake of the Isles mansion will ultimately get torched. Because then they feel better about themselves. Okay. Look who I voted for. Aren't I woke? Mm-mm-mm. So you mentioned and quoted John Nolte earlier. And so I went to, a, what was it, Breitbart? And uh, looked down his list of uh, columns and pieces. And a reoccurring theme that he's had over the last month is that the country actually is waking up. And Biden is losing favor. The Democrats are losing favor. Their policies are losing favor. Uh, that things could possibly turn around come midterms. That gives me a tiny bit, a little, a little bit of hope. But then I recognize that uh, John Nolte is probably coming from the right. Well, of course, he with, is. without a doubt, he is. Did you see what the city of uh, San Jose, California, has done to law-abiding gun owners? Yeah. No, now what? San Jose firearm owners will soon be subject to new gun control laws that no U.S. citizen has faced before. In two separate votes, the San Jose City Council on Tuesday night passed a first-of-its-kind ordinance requiring residents who own a gun to carry liability insurance and pay an annual fee aimed at reducing gun violence. Well, okay. A divisive move that is sure to set off a series of legal challenges. Do you, do you think these kids are uh, hijacking cars and using a gun in Minneapolis and St. Paul no. are going to uh, get liability insurance and pay an annual fee? Sure. Yeah, they seem like responsible people. Oh, God. Additionally, gun owners will be asked to pay an additional fee, an annual fee, of between $25 and $35 to a nonprofit organization that will be established to manage the funds and distribute them to groups who will offer various services to residents who own a firearm or live with someone who does. Wait wait a minute now. Check, check Those this services out. will include suicide prevention programs and firearm safety training. Okay, pull the handbrake here. Pull the pull the brake. Yep. Let's, <laughs> let's 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 stop a second. Pull it to the curb here. How uh, how is this going to play? Number 1, is this true? Is this the real deal? Is this passed? Is this going through or is it just proposed? No, the, the law passed. Okay, so we're there already. Mm-hmm. How are they going to find these firearm owners? Through legal purchases? Or th- does that mean they're going to go into the uh, firearms, dr- uh, what is it, uh, drug firearms? Database. Uh, a- a- ATF, uh, whatever the database is, mm-hmm. and search these people out? And is that legal? Mm-hmm. 
And how are they going to find people who have firearms that have been handed down through families or purchased uh, through the secondary market? Well, well, listen listen to this. Listen to how stupid this is. Proponents of this ordinance, like Mayor Sam Licardo, acknowledged that the two-pronged ordinance will not affect residents who unlawfully own guns. However, they argue that it will incentivize safer gun ownership, reduce the public cost of gun violence, and provide resources and services for residents who are more who are most affected by the use of guns, those who own a firearm and live in a home or are in a relationship with someone who does. That that makes no sense. That's putting the burden of responsibility for gun violence on the people who aren't committing gun violence. Yeah. And it also makes uh, outlaws out of perfectly um, lawful citizens. Like, say, what if you purchased a Glock uh, at, at a store and it's legal and you've got the permit and blah, 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 and the government knows about it, all about it. But then, on the other hand, in your drawer, you also have a forty-five re- revolver that your grandpa carried in the war that the government doesn't even know exists. It's not on, there's no paperwork on it. The country. So, so are, you, uh, are you a law abider or are you a criminal there? Well, in the eyes of the woke, if you own a gun, you're a lawbreaker, no matter okay. how lawfully you own it. Well, here's another thing that's going to happen, and this has already happened to me. Uh, I had every firearm I owned uh, in a canoe. I was crossing the Mississippi, capsized, lost every single one. I do not own a firearm. That's what's going to happen uh, across the entire country. Sorry, it's gone. Yeah. Missing. Yeah. Dropped it in the river. Lost it. We have just surrendered ourselves <laughs> to a political class that is destroying the country. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's our fault. And they It's think, our fault. And they think they're doing good. How do they not see? I mean, it's so old and tired, but it's so true. You take away the guns, only the criminals are going to have guns. And, and it's just so simple in... Uh, such a cliche, but it's just flat out 100% true. This this mayor is is idiotic. The point is we can reduce a lot of harm and tragedy and pain even if no. we're not going to magically make a gun fall out of the hands of the crook. No. You're, 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 you're accomplishing nothing except you've created another revenue stream for your city. Well, and you're making uh, outlaws out of law-abiding citizens. Gee whiz, this is just unbleeping believable. It really is. I, 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 I got to get a glass of water. You do? Yeah. You got to collect yourself? I have to. Uh, I, I can't take it. it. No. Jailers, it's Reavers here for Everest Men's Health. How about in the new year? One of the things you can focus on is better health. Are you experiencing any of the following? Maybe a lack of energy, a decrease in strength or endurance, decrease in enjoyment of just life in general, or libido? Call my friends at Everest Men's Health. Whether it's a deterioration in your work performance or just feeling sleepiness after dinner, are you just tired of feeling exhausted? You see, when your health suffers, oftentimes other areas of your life are going to suffer as well. But with Everest Men's Health, that all can change. I'm living proof. From signs of low testosterone to other deficiencies, they examine every area important to a man's overall health, which allows them to develop an easy-to-follow plan that will ensure your success. It doesn't matter where you fall on the spectrum of health. Now's the time to come to Everest and take the first steps towards realizing your best health possible. Contact them today to schedule a $50 testosterone check that includes a complete body composition screening and a consultation with one of their health medical experts. They have three fantastic clinics ready to help you out with your overall health in Woodbury, Plymouth, and Egan, or just go on right now to everestmenshealth.com and get started today. 
Schoonover Body Works and Glass in Shoreview. That is our one-stop family-owned third-generation uh, third generation body shop. They're on County E, Lexington, Shoreview, the sole sponsor of Positive Thursday. Mr. Positive himself, Mike Schoonover, is on the line. Hiya, Mike. Hey, Kenny. Let me tell you about this car problem I have. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Let's not talk about cars for once, okay, if that's all right. Uh, I oh, noticed good. on Twitter... Uh, Play for Patrick, you guys are going to be doing another heart screening here uh, coming up at the Vikings Training House in Egan. That is correct. Uh, Saturday? This weekend? No, 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 no. It's a week from two, Sunday. It's actually two weeks. on a Sunday. Two yep, weeks. it's in two weeks. That so would be Sunday, February 6th. Uh, yeah, the 6th. Uh, and uh, who are we invite? Well, first of all, do you need volunteers? Yeah, we still need uh, we still need a few docs. Uh, and a few other medical people. But, uh, you know, if, if GLers are listening or if they know of anybody, just have them contact me, uh, you know, at, at, at uh, info at playforpatrick.org. And this is open to uh, parents uh, with kids, and the kids don't necessarily have to be athletes, right? Just bring your kid, no. your teenager. Any kid 14 to 24 years old. Okay. And get a heart we're gonna, screening. We're gonna because it's not at a school. We're gonna have a uh, we're gonna have a contest. So the most uh, the mo- the school that is represented the best uh, or has the most kids attend the uh, the CPR and AED training station that we have. Yeah. The kids that represent the school with with the most is going to win an AED that we're gonna donate to them. Oh, awesome! You you're teaching CPR. Oh, yep. everybody should know CPR. It's really easy. It, it, it's not uh, what people might think. I even know how to do CPR. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know what, Kenny? We can talk about CPR uh, in the coming weeks because I got some ideas on that too. Good. I, and one other thing I wanted to mention, uh, you know this young lad, Mr. Austin Dwyer. He's 13 years old, and every year on his birthday, he raises funds for what exactly is Austin raising funds for? So Austin is a is a uh, Eastview hockey player. He's going to be 13, and for the past five years, uh, he's raised uh, fifteen thousand dollars for the foundation. Ooh, and ooh, ooh. Um, this year's birthday, uh, he is he is going to try to raise ten thousand oh. dollars. And uh, he turns 13 in like a I think we got like another week week and a half left. So uh, people can go on to our Facebook page and learn more about it, uh, and uh, we can get them the link to uh, to be able to donate. Um, but uh, if they just put uh, Austin hashtag Austin play for Patrick, uh, we'll know that that's going to his birthday fundraiser. And it's your play for Patrick Facebook page. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. And make sure you send uh, a, a direct a tweet my way so I can retweet it. And uh, same with the uh, GL podcast uh, Twitter site. Uh, from what I understand, he's at 4,600, so he's almost halfway there. But uh, it sounds like you could use some help from the GLers. I know the GLers love helping out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and next month is, you know, heart month. So, uh, you know, it's it's Valentine's, but, you know, more importantly, it's it's all about the heart. So what a great... uh, let's help them out. That's what a fantastic cause, Michael. Uh, that's just wonderful. Thank you very, uh, very much. And if you can help Mike out, go to that Facebook page, contact him uh, via Twitter, or even give uh, Schoonover Body Works and Glass uh, a call. And meanwhile, if you need 
uh, any kind of body work whatsoever, oil changes, um, service, um, tires, whatever, call Schoonover Body Works and Glass, 80 years strong in Shoreview, one of the best shops in the metro. Thank you, GLers, for choosing SchoonoverBodyWorks.com. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Got a lot of interesting correspondence from people very familiar with the Winnipeg 500 Boy, snowmobile I'll say. race. Wow. Sent some really neat stuff and uh, great old films and, and what have you. Uh, I got a note from Bert who said, I had an uncle who owned snowmobiles in the 70s. The first one I remember was a Rupp of all things. Cool. This lasted one year. When asked what happened to the Rupp, he replied, sold it. If I wanted to work in a bleeping repair shop, I would. (laughs) R-U-P-P? Yeah. Yeah, Next came something called a Scorpion. Nice. He returned once on foot after a ride, freezing and covered in snow. As I recall, he came in the door and noted, what a miserable bleeping pastime. I wonder. (laughs) He'd walk four miles home after the breakdown. No more sleds. He moved to Harley's. Weather is generally better, he said. But you walk just as much. I mean, at least you did back then when they were AMF. Yeah, that's, they had some tough years as AMF. <laughs> yes, they did. Yeah. I was lucky enough to be buddies with a guy in the 90s named Noel Nakamoose. Yeah. Uh, and he, he comes from a family that worked for Polaris. Uh, and he was a test rider for Polaris, but he also raced the 500 a couple of times. Uh, and... Uh, boy, I don't know if I should bring this up. I could uh, really make some Polaris people mad. Uh, but he actually won the race, uh, beat the factory team. He was racing uh, on, on the other Polaris team, the non-factory team, and uh, through some sort of uh, backroom uh, machinations <laughs> and dark uh, hallways and uh, basement knocks on cellars, uh, Noel found himself at, in second place, and he didn't really? win, really? and the factory team won. Oh, oh. It's funny how that yeah. works out sometimes. Yep. yep. Were all the sleds that competed, did they have to be stuck? Uh, I, you know what, again, you're asking me about a, an event that occurred a very, <laughs> very long time ago. At the time, Chris, I believe, yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say yeah, because uh, they broke a lot of spindles. Yeah. I, I mean, they'd carry spindles in their pocket, they broke so many. Don't you love it, Kenny, how... That wouldn't We're, be on the Google, would it? Souchere and Winnipeg oh, can, 500. I can do it right now. That's too old, isn't it? Here's what I love, though. Don't you oh, love this, Kenny? I'd love to read that. When, when you and I are actually interested in a topic he brings up or something he covered and we start to ask questions, then he gets mad at us. He can't move on fast <laughs> no. enough. He, it's just, well, that's why it's his show, I know. Chris. Here, I'm going to look it up, Joe. Uh, okay, I am too. Winnipeg 500. But that oh, was so, so long ago that I doubt if it would be captured on the fellas, interwebs. KSTP TV actually had an entry in one of these early races in the 70s. Really? And, and they raced some sort of enclosed sled uh, and small. And I have never seen anything more ridiculous uh, in my life. And I have never been able to find more information on that. And I've always been tempted to go to our archives and see if they could provide me with, you know, raw tape, raw footage yeah. of their attempt. I'm going to say it was. 71 or 2, but it's the most ridiculous-looking machine you'll ever see. We had our own entry. I know a guy that might be able to find it, Joe. Uh, I've mentioned him on the show a couple of times, but Dan Winnesota, his Twitter account, he loves pulling up old uh, Star Tribune clips, Pioneer Press clips. 
He's a fan of you and Pat, and I bet he would be able to find that. I'll send him a note. Well, I have those clips. I, I wouldn't begin to know which packet to start to go through. And I'm right. This this would this would not have been captured on the internets. This was long before the internet. But the Star Tribune has a massive uh, catalog online. I just don't have a, a subscription to it, unfortunately. Uh, well, yeah, either do I, apparently. Right. Some of the biggest yeah. racers, um, the biggest names in snowmobile racing, uh, ran those races in the 70s. Guys that were oval racers, yeah. you know, um, would take time out from the schedule and go run this thing. You know, not only do you not have an online subscription to the Star Tribune, I believe, isn't your photo still posted on the on the on the front door with a big red line through the middle of it? Might be. I don't. Know. Do not let this person in. <laughs> <laughs> only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa. It's on this day Today, in Minnesota history, January twenty seventh in eighteen seventy one. On this day. Kentucky Congressman James Proctor Knott delivers the speech, The Glories of Duluth, in Congress, mocking the city in an effort to defeat a bill granting land to the St. Croix and Lake Superior Railroad. Duluth's citizens appreciate the free publicity, however, and the town of Proctor was named for him. Oh. Huh. Mm-hmm. And on this day, today, in 1960, Grand Portage National Monument, established by Congress in 1958 and located within the Grand Portage Indian Reservation, is dedicated when Secretary of the Interior Fred Seaton accepts the site from the Grand Portage Band of the Minnesota Chippewa, the eight-and-a-half-mile fur trade, the Great Coming Place near the mouth of the Pigeon River, was a major gateway into the interior of North America for uh, explorations of the fur trade and commerce. They had a lot of confused visitors there. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Just move along. Just keep going, Such. Just keep going, Joe. I'm done. That's all that happened on oh, this day. Oh, okay. 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 That's all, all right. that happened on this day. Good one, Chris. Thank yeah. you, Kenny. <laughs> Thank you, GL. I'll hit that button right there. How's that sound? Yeah. GLers, do us a favor if you haven't already. Download that PodMN app for your smart device where you have the chance to win daily prizes just by listening to Garage Logic. And as long as you're online, uh, subscribe to the Garage Logic YouTube page. We are posting daily videos, sometimes multiple videos every day for your enjoyment. And don't forget to visit us on all of our social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, and Insta. It's all there for you, bruh. It's that time once again here in Garage Logic where we make that phone call to Mr. Money Talk Josh Arnold. And I've been imploring you GLers for years to do this. Now is the time to make that free 48-minute financial consultation call at 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. Straight talk, never sugar-coated advice. And Mr. Money Talk is on the line with us once again here in Garage Logic. And Josh, you still continue to see more stupidity as it relates to the marketplace, don't you? You. Oh my goodness. I've been doing this as an advisor for just a few years, dating back to about 1978. I've been investing money since I was in high school in the late 60s. So somebody can put together the numbers and figure out my age. And as time has gone on, I continue to see more and more stupidity. And over the last decade plus, more and more stupidity tied to computerized trading that is just moving money, not on anything but a press release 
or some word going on with no context whatsoever. Too much going on on the street with little research. I'm not even going to mention what happened in yesterday's market with the Fed and the market reversing after the Fed statement came out, which was as expected. The Fed is going to be moving on short-term interest rates. They're going to start sometime later later this year. The Fed is going to reduce their bond buying. That should end in March. They did put together some principles to start reducing their balance sheet. All as expected, not going to say fairly dovish, but as expected. Market reacted positively to that. An hour later during the conference call, Fed Chief Jay Powell sounded more hawkish. The machines kicked in on cue with just a few of his hawkish comments. The market sold down from up 500 to down 400. And we finished yesterday, though, down 120 on the on the Dow. The Fed is, as we have said, pay attention to Jay Powell. You don't have to listen to all the other prognosticators. Pay attention to Jay Powell. In all likelihood, the Fed is going to doing a lot of jawboning more than anything else. Yes, that jawboning does provide some un- uncertainty and markets do like certainty. Uh, Within that, if interest rates, short-term interest rates are going to be going up. Right now, the long bond, the 10-year bond in terms of yield, still sitting around 1.85%. Yes, if interest rates go up, that does make companies that don't pay a dividend, companies that don't make a product, worth less in terms of future cash flows, and it would make it difficult to invest in very high growth companies or companies that don't make a product products or services, nor companies that aren't making money. That's been going on for several months. The Fed said they want to keep inflation somewhere around 2%, and it's a little hotter than that right now. My sense is as the price of oil moderates, as the supply chain issues get resolved, that inflation numbers will start coming down. Additionally, home prices, component of the inflation number, seem to be moderating, and that would be an area in this environment I might not want to invest in, that being buying new home construction. Just something to think about. I would be avoiding companies that are priced primarily at very high price to sales ratios with no real earnings and limited sales. You know, I'd be concentrating on companies that are making some money, should continue to make money. I've pounded the table before on companies like Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Google. There's still a tremendous need for semiconductors. All those semiconductors today sold off on Intel's numbers, which were pretty good, but they said they're going to be spending more money. Market doesn't like companies that spend a lot of money to grow their business. Lamb Research also did not meet expectations. They came down, although Seagate Technology reported much better they went up. Semiconductor space today is down, could be up tomorrow. My casino space has been very, very difficult of late. I think that eventually is going to turn around as we get better news on COVID. Travel stock still are being under pressure. That later this year should do very well. Tonight, favorite Apple reports their earnings. Next week, we have Amazon and Google to complete the big tech numbers. 
with Apple, do be prepared for a little bit of a pullback, even though Apple is down off its high from a few weeks ago, as even a bearish analyst have upped their estimates for this quarter. That does not bode well. Should Apple miss even the bearish estimates, the bears are always going to be right, and that could send Apple down. Please wait for the conference call before you make any additional moves on Apple. It's one of those companies that some people People have said, own, don't trade. I'm one of those people. I still have my $200 price target on Apple, as I think they've got way too many catalysts to move positively this year. Very good, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now's the time to make the call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by doing just what I did. Call 952-925-5608. Josh, as always, thank you so much for the time in the chat. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you. Investment Advisor Services Office. By Josh Arnold Investment Consultant LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.